Welcome to the Informed Pregnancy and Parenting Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Elliot Berlin, prenatal chiropractor, childbirth educator, and labor doula, and founder of the Informed Pregnancy Project, producing various forms of media to help you gather accurate information and make informed choices regarding your pre- and postnatal and pediatric health. I'm joined by today's co-host, Michael Ballas. Michael is a donor certified birth doula and is an editor and contributor at Informed Pregnancy. She decided to become a doula knowing that it would make a lasting impact on women's lives. She hopes to improve birth, not only for the families that she works with personally, but on a larger scale as well. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. In this episode, which I've nicknamed Danny and Pat, we have two guests in the studio who are a wealth of information and inspiration for new and expectant moms and their families, especially those who are interested in health and fitness. Our first guest is TV and film star Daniela Rua. Daniela was born in Boston but moved to Portugal at age five with her family. She appeared in several television shows in Portugal, including the equivalent of the U.S. show Dancing with the Stars, which she won. (laughs) In the U.S., she made her big screen debut in the George Lucas-produced film Red Tails and is best known for her starring role as Agent Kenzie Bly in the hit CBS TV drama NCIS Los Angeles. In her spare time, Daniela volunteers for the American Society for the Prevention of Cruelty to Animals, for Project Have Hope, which helps women in Uganda improve their lives and the lives of their families by ensuring their children receive a quality education, and for Shopping for a Change, advocating for fair trade and empowering women around the world to earn a living and sustain their families. Currently, Daniela lives in Los Angeles with her husband and son and is pregnant with a baby girl due... Very soon. Very soon. (laughs) Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Our second guest today is Patrick Murphy, an extremely successful and respected personal trainer. Patrick achieved a complete body transformation for Jason Segel in his feature film Sex Tape and worked with Cameron Diaz for her part in that movie as well. He trained both Jennifer Lawrence and Jenna Malone for Hunger Games Catching Fire and works with Keanu Reeves and Ruby Rose for John Wick 2. Zach Efron and Alexandria Daddario for Baywatch, and Becky G and RJ Kyler for Power Rangers. Patrick has studied human movement and nutrition extensively and is also an expert in reducing body fat, having had multiple clients with over 100-pound weight loss success. His advice and expertise have been featured on TV, on shows like Access Hollywood and Extra, and in several publications such as People Magazine, Us Weekly, In Touch, Life and Style, In Style, In Style Weddings and many, many more. Patrick currently lives in Los Angeles with his wife, Dee, son, Parker, and daughter, Avery. Welcome to the podcast. Happy to be here. Wow, we've been working together for like eight years, and I'm finding all this stuff (laughs) that I don't think I even knew. Well, there's more. I did my homework. (laughs) (laughs) Stay tuned. What was new? Power Rangers? Power Rangers? What about it? Power Rangers? I was just saying, which one were you surprised about? Oh, Oh, no. I I knew a few of the names of the people that you'd worked with, but I don't know. I I feel like it's one of those things when you know somebody... You know, for so long, somehow there's things that is actually escape you. Yeah, as long as none of them right. sound new to you, Patrick, then they did okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I do mostly pre and postnatal care, Patrick, and your name comes up in my office constantly. Um, and 
most of my clients are pregnant or postpartum. Uh, a lot of our celebrity clients see you. And uh, personally, I hate my trainer. Um, and it's really not because he does anything wrong. I just, I hate all trainers. But <laughs> you seem nice. But welcome to the show. <laughs> <laughs> um, but right. your clients rave about you. I remember like when we, we moved from VCR to DVR and everybody loved TiVo. They just, they loved it. They couldn't live without TiVo. That's how you're... Your clients talk about you, and uh, I can only <laughs> conclude that you put something in the in the uh, water bottle to make them love you so much. Um, <laughs> they look great, and they feel great during pregnancy. And Danny's looking great, and, and oh, you know, you. it's terrible for me what you do because your clients, you know, they don't really have the back pain and neck pain, <laughs> and stuff like that. So taking uh, business away from you. <laughs> I know it's terrible. So um, uh, hopefully uh, throughout the podcast, you guys will share some of the magic that takes place there and some of the secrets that we can bring to our listeners so that they can also have a fit pregnancy and um, feel good. People don't believe me when I say that you can feel good during pregnancy. Absolutely. Um, and you should feel good during pregnancy. It's the assumption is that pregnancy has to feel terrible. Hmm. So we're looking for some of that inspiration. But first, I want to go back to the roots. You guys are both clearly very successful in what you do. And um, I want to be successful in what I do. So I'd love to go back to the beginning and find out how you got here. He definitely is. <laughs> yeah, I would say so. Yeah. Most pregnant women that I know are like, have you been to Dr. Berlin? Yes. So all this stuff that you're saying about us is right back at yes. you. Well, thank you very much. I also <laughs> spiked the massage lotion, so <laughs> that's my secret. <laughs> Uh, Danny, you were born in Boston and yes. moved to Portugal as a toddler with your parents. Yes. Um, any other siblings? Uh, I have a 10-year-old brother from um, my dad's second marriage. So, so your 10-year-old brother wasn't there? He was not there when we moved back to Portugal, no. So I basically grew up as an only child, as is he, you know, without the influence of siblings in the household. Um, yeah, I had a, had a really fun, healthy upbringing. I was, my, you know, I come from a family of doctors. Your parents are both, bo both physicians? Um, my mother is an audiologist, so it's not really considered a physician, but obviously it's the medical field. Um, and my father is an ENT surgeon oh. and a uh, retired professor of the University of Lisbon. Um, yeah. So they were practicing in Portugal? My dad was doing his residency when he moved over here. He did his degree in Portugal. My mother did her master's in, in Boston. Both of them um, were studying there, and I happened to be born there. Um, and then uh, when all that was done... They moved to Minnesota <laughs> oh, <really? laughs> for two years. Very random, yes. And then my dad just wanted to join practices with my grandfather, who was practicing at the time, and they had an office together for almost 30 years until my grandfather passed wow. away this year, basically. So, yeah. When we Did you speak both languages uh, in the house growing um, up? I spoke English because I was growing up in the U.S. at the time, um, and, but my parents spoke to me in Portuguese at home. And so when I moved to Portugal, I don't think I spoke a word of Portuguese, but I understood everything. Mm -hmm. So it was a pretty quick transition. And that's pretty much what I do with River, too. Oh, you I speak, speak to him in Portuguese? I speak to River in Portuguese, my son. Um, and I'll do the same thing with this little girl when she's born. So they'll have a pretty good knowledge. They communicate with, you know, cousins back home and my aunts and uncles, you know, family back home. <laughs> and then you started acting in Portugal. Um, I would say I became a drama queen very early on. How does that <laughs> matter? My, my <laughs> kids are already drama queens very early on. That turned into, you know, more informed and skilled acting later on. Uh, no, I was always kind of a show-off and look at me, and I was involved in dance all the time, and being an only child, I loved the attention. Um, but I think my parents realized at a very young age that that was just something I had an aptitude for and that I loved doing, and they allowed me to continue in that direction. They put me in dance classes and acting classes early on. And then when I was 16, I landed um, an actual audition for a soap opera back home, and it just kind of snowballed from there. 
Um, I think I was about 16 when I told my parents, like, I'm going to go to London for college, and then I'm going to move to New York to do more acting, and then I'm going to go to Hollywood. And that was my plan. And here you are. And I actually followed through with every single part of the plan. Oh, you went to London for university? Yep. I studied in in college in London, um, performing arts, and I finished my bachelor's in that. Why London? Because I wanted to go to the U.S. My mom begged me to stay in Europe because <laughs> uh-huh. she was like, you're 18, you're leaving the house. Um, it's so far. If something happens, it takes me a while to get to you. You know, London was a two-hour flight from mm. Lisbon, and it was easy. And, I mean, let's face it, the reputation for acting education in London is you know, the same as New York or, or L.A. It's, it's, a, it's a great place to be for acting. Um, yeah, so I, d- I never felt like I missed out on anything, and I ended up moving to the U.S. anyway. So it was just a matter of timing. It, w- it all per- worked out the way it was supposed to. You know, I was in my early 20s when I moved to the U.S., and I think that was the perfect timing for it. I feel like there are so many accents that you could have. Absolutely. From, yeah, <laughs> just between Boston and Minnesota and Portugal Boston and is London. not, no, I mean, I left when I was three to go to Minnesota, you know, and then I was five when I left Minnesota, so I hardly picked up on uh, those accents. I don't have, I don't pick up any <laughs> accent on you. It's like you've been accent washed. It's the neutral. I have the neutral. You have the neutral accent. <laughs> Did you have to wash it, or that's just always um, how you spoke English? You know, I was always fluent in English in terms of vocabulary and um, grammar, but I know that when I came over here, there's, there's, I went to an international school, and I know that there's like a there's something about the international school accent, um, which when I moved to New York and I was doing some acting classes, somebody was like, you need to get an accent coach. And I was like, what? You're crazy. <laughs> and then I listened to myself on tape and I was like, oh dear God, I really I need to get an accent coach. I really sound, I never got the accent coach, but um, but moving to LA and trying to stay away from the stereotype of like, oh my God, this is like so LA. <laughs> <laughs> it just kind of like neutralized, not yes. trying to offend anybody in Los Angeles, but you know, there's, you know, every state has its accent and right. that's it. <laughs> Patrick's like, I grew up here. That is not how we speak. <laughs> You went back to uh, Portugal from London before coming here. I did for two years, yeah. For something specific, right? Um, I had finished college, and I just wanted to work a little bit more, um, I guess, to put more money in my pocket before moving to the U.S., because I knew I had work when I would come back. When I would go back to Portugal, I had a few offers while I was in college, and I, because I, when I was doing finishing high school, that's when I started working, and... Um, and I finished and I passed everything, but I you know, didn't get the grades that I guess I could have had if I wasn't working 12 hours a day mm. at the same time. Um, and so I chose not to work during college. And, and, you know, and there was a couple of offers on the table for when I came back to Portugal. So I decided to do that for a couple of years and then make the transition to the U.S. It was tough, though, because there was offers coming in. And it's like, but if I don't move to the U.S. now, I never will. What about Danza Comigo? Oh, Danza. Like, it sounds Dance, right. yeah. Danza Comigo. That first means Dance With Me, and it's our equivalent of the Dancing With The Stars. Yeah. You were in the first season ever. The first season in Portugal. And I would watch it while I was in college in London, which was so much fun. So when I got the call in Portugal, I was like, yes. This was is it, a no-brainer. Was it, I mean, you have a, you had a dance background, too. So yeah. Going into and like I said, I would, a total show off. So, <laughs> so it was fun for you. <laughs> well, I mean, there was people of all sorts of backgrounds. The rules back home are slightly different than what you have here. You know, in the U.S., you stick with the same partner the whole time. They choreograph. Um, back home, you know, it's much smaller, and so you had two male dancers and two female dancers that would rotate between contestants. Mm. Um, so it's a little bit of a different format, but um, but it was really really fun. I watched and some video clips on YouTube. Oh, dear. Look I look so different. Yeah. My hair so is, different. like, orange but and long. and I'm I would <laughs> never know. You look the same to me. That's so funny. I'm face blind. But, uh, 
But I'll tell you what you look. You look like you're having a lot of fun. I do. Yes, for sure. I had tons and tons of fun. It was, um, you know, people ask me if I would do it here. And I, you know, my first response is maybe not because I think that was, you know, back then that was something fun I did. And I think I've moved on from that. But um, but it definitely was one of the most fun experiences of my life. And the final was live in front of 8,000 people. And I've never been in front of that many people wow. before. So it was just sort of like hunker down, focus, do but your dance. But nerve-wracking? I mean, you don't, you don't, I mean, at least now, you don't seem to get very nervous. Well, we're four people in a cl- no, <laughs> close. No, no, I no but I don't. In no, no, I don't. I don't. Outside I of here, you don't seem like the nervous type. You seem like, I'm going to just go do this. Yeah, pretty much. The um, trait of successful actors. Well, I don't know. There's a lot of just successful people. Yeah, but there's a lot of successful people there out there who are really shy. You'd be surprised how many people are re- actually really shy. I don't know. I just am not. I used to forget choreographies. I did gymnastics before dance when I was very young, and I was kind of known for forgetting the sequences because I would get so nervous, and I would just kind of improvise and make it up, which would give me no points because you need to do specific things to get certain (laughs) points. Um, But I would still, you know, I'd still smile and do what I had to do, and you know. But, yeah. So, yeah. When you came to the U.S. after two years back in Portugal, did you, did you still not have an agent, not know anybody, not know what you were getting No, into? not at all. I enrolled in acting school at the Lee Strasberg School in New York because I didn't know anybody. I didn't have an agent. I didn't know how the business worked here. I realized by working in Portugal and then studying in London that the just in those two countries, um, the way the business worked was so different. Um, I, I, I didn't even understand what SAG was all about, our union. Um, and so I kind of took that first year, you know, as to meet people and to learn about the business, because it is a business. There's a reason why it's called show business. Mm -hmm. You can have all the showy part you want, but it is a business. Um, And uh, you didn't have any business background. I have zero business background, which if I have some time off, I might go study business because I think Mm -hmm. it's actually important. I've realized that now how important it is. Um, But, uh, you know, I took a bunch of student jobs and unpaid jobs. And there's a a few websites in New York that, you you know, non-union acting jobs that you can just kind of like start your reel with. And um, and one of those jobs um, was an actor who was, you know, looking for people to do a table read. And he didn't have any funding for the script that he'd written. Um, So this was, you know, to be read in front of possible funders. Um, And at this job, which was unpaid, uh, there was a casting director who was a casting director for Guiding Light at the time, which has mm. now since been canceled. And we just kind of hit it off. He was a lovely man. Um, and he said, do you have representation? I said, no, not not right now. And literally about a month later, I get a call from the person who is now my agent. Mm. Oh, and wow. I've been with her for going on 10 years. Oh, that's incredible. So it was just one of those, like, right place, right time, just put myself out there, did what I could. Yeah, and kind of learned about the business as I worked in it. <laughs> Yeah. I'm very lucky. I mean, you seem to know a lot about the business side of it as well, even though you don't have a business background. You just learn as you go. Uh, yeah, I think so. I think there's a lot of stuff you can learn in a classroom, but there's also a lot that you learn on the battlefield, so to speak. Um, you know, set etiquette. There are certain things that you just don't learn in a classroom. I'll learn how to break down a script. I'll learn the beats of a scene. I'll learn how to get into character or exercises that can aid me to do that. But, you know, no one's going to tell me how to treat the crew around me or, you know, what I can do and what I can't do, what I can ask for, what I can't ask for. And Mm -hmm. it it definitely is, you know, something that you learn on the job. We are going to take a quick commercial break. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. (laughs) Hey, everyone. It's Dr. Berlin, and I want to talk to you about something that is close to my heart, literally. 
omega-3. It's a crucial nutrient that's sadly overlooked. With 95% of women deficient, Needed, the supplement brand I trust, created their brand new omega-3 soft gels. Designed by perinatal experts, they support you and your baby's well-being from fertility to pregnancy and beyond. Unlike other brands, Needed's Omega-3 is sustainable, pesticide-free, and third-party tested for purity. Plus, my favorite, it has a milder taste and smell, perfect for sensitive mamas. Don't wait. Visit thisisneeded.com and use code BERLIN to get 20% off your initial order. Experience the needed difference, consciously crafted for your health and the planet. Patrick, I feel like personal trainers and, and actors are similar in the sense that there's a lot of both. And in both professions, I think most people never hear about most of of the actors or trainers, and there's a small percent that make it that work work up to the top. So um, you're hugely successful in what you do, and um, I'd love to find out a little bit more about how you got there. You're a Los Angeles native, like Michael. Um, when did you get uh, turned on to physical fitness? I I played a lot of sports in high school, and I was the uh, I was the kid, uh, the skeleton with a heartbeat. <laughs> so I needed to start. Put some meat on my bones and so um i just got into lifting weights in high school and doing everything wrong <laughs> um it's 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 interesting because the fitness back in the 80s late 80s and 90s it's so obsolete now today on what is appropriate for the human body mm -hmm. um but that's where i got started in high school playing basketball and volleyball and trying to do you know play sports and be a little stronger and competitive faster. yeah are you competitive like uh, daniela <laughs> I like having fun when it comes to sports. I like having fun. So that was high school, and then you went to Cal State Long Beach. Cal State Long Beach. Long Beach. What did yep. you study there? Communications. Learn how to talk to people. Nonverbal communication. And what uh, were you planning on doing with that? I uh, I was very immature in college, and so uh, I had to grow up a lot through through those years in college. I, I was still taking courses in exercise science, and I was into exercise. I was already writing programs for people oh, wow. in, in college, and then I started taking continuing education credits with uh, the National Academy of Sports and Medicine, kind of like my foundational background of fitness. And um, I've, always, I've always loved it. Even when I was working in a bar in Manhattan Beach during the college years, I was still going to the gym five, six days a week, and I live and breathe the whole physical workouts and writing that, programs. Uh, when did that transform into a career for you? I realized when I started helping people work out in the gym that people were willing to pay for it. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and so when I decided I, I'm a trainer now, and I, then I got certified and all that stuff, then I just started uh, building my, the, the referral basis just kicked in right away. I started getting people amazing results and uh, just took off from there. So I imagine your communication background is really helpful. For, uh, for training? I mean, I'm a, I, I could be a good listener, for sure, absolutely. <laughs> I grew up with five sisters and oh, a brother. Wow. <laughs> so, um, I have Where were you in the... Second to the youngest. So I was up there looking up and hearing it all and taking it all in. And uh, keeping quiet. Yeah. Let's just say Patrick knows a lot of my secrets. <laughs> he does. Like you do share a lot. That's me. I mean, you're like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, keep working. <laughs> yeah. That's okay. ideal for a, a juicy podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so... Because you also do nutrition. It's not um, working out alone. It's a combination yeah. of working out and, and eating well. Yes. Um, do you have 
Did it's you, all I've studied for 20 years is nutrition and exercise. Still, I live and breathe it. I love it. You're still constantly learning. Oh, science is, science is ever changing in, in my field. So there aren't, aren't absolutes, you know. So even when I learned whatever class or course I took in the 90s, a lot of it's obsolete. Mm -hmm. Even how to stretch someone. Um, all calories aren't created equal. And that's what I learned in, in, in a course pre 10 years ago. So there, there's a lot of changes. And our whole food industry has changed a lot too since oh, the mid 90s yeah. as well. So I've had to keep up with that to try to um, you know, get my clients to eat the cleanest possible, to get the most out of what they're consuming, to create positive energy for their body, and uh, to implement the best exercises for the human body. I, I feel like with nutrition, it's like nutritional therapy and there's a big therapy component to it. I, I don't think it's that challenging to figure out which of the foods before me are, are going to be better or worse for me. It's like, why do I want the one that's worse? And how do I, you know, get excited about the one that's better? So I think the fact that you grew up listening to Five Sisters <laughs> um, probably comes in handy for you. What else do you think sets you aside? I mean, because, again, the people come who work with you... Um, first of all, everybody tells me you got to go work out with Patrick. Like, you got to get healthy with Patrick. You owe it to your family to get healthy with Patrick. Like they, they're like mad at me for not getting fit with Patrick. But the people that come out from you, I just can't describe it. They're just so in love with what you're doing with them, and also having fun. You know, like I hate working out. Maybe it's just me. Do you work out, Michael? I do. Yes. Do you like it? I do. Yes. Maybe I'll, and Danny, you you love you love it. I do. I do. I do like working out a lot. I like working out with Patrick. I don't, even when I go to the gym and, I, and I'm by myself and Patrick's not training me that day, I'm just like, uh, where do I start? You know, because <laughs> <laughs> I've gotten so used to working out with Patrick, too. Um, I'm also lucky because, you know, my husband is very active. You know, he's one of those rare people who do not need external uh, motivation to work out. Mm -hmm. And most people are not like that. No. He's just like, I got to do it because I'm a certain age and I want to preserve my body. And uh, he's a stunt guy, so he gets injured all the time, you know. And so to prevent injuries or to make them worse, he, he has to stay healthy. He has to stay healthy, and both fit. nutritionally and, and physically. So, you know, to have that at home also helps. Maybe it's just me. I feel like the opposite. I need <laughs> nine people to pick me up and <laughs> drop me on the treadmill. And then Treadmills are so boring. You've got to find something fun to do. But the beginning is always hard. I mean, even I who like exercising, when you start exercising, that's never fun. As soon as you see that pound drop or that muscle tone start to show up, you're like, ooh, this is working. And then that almost prompts you to keep going. But those initial training sessions, I mean, I'm sure you know from a bunch of clients, Patrick, but, you know, it's tough to get started. Yeah, I don't know if I've ever gotten to that point. I always feel like I have to trick my brain into forgetting that I'm working out. <laughs> but, and I feel good afterwards. Don't get yeah, me wrong. Like as soon as the session's up, but maybe I feel good because I'm done. I don't know. It's endorphins. Yeah, it's endorphins. Yeah. yeah, I feel good afterwards, but it's not like I, I'm addicted. I feel, and the food is the opposite. I feel bad afterwards. <laughs> okay. But I always go back to the food. I'm never like, hmm, maybe I'll go get a good workout in today. Hmm. Yeah, well, the body heals itself <laughs> through circulation. So the lack of circulation is the root of all evil, one of my statements. Well, that's interesting. So the body heals itself through blood circulation. That's what physical therapy is all about. That's what digestion's all about. You, you we're built to circulate blood. That's what the heartbeat's all about. It's the heart's for. It cleans the body. So mm. exercise is all important. The human body's not meant to do what we're doing right now, and that's seated. Sitting around. <laughs> I don't yeah. mind walking around in here. Um, <laughs> right. Just with microphones, yes. holding microphones, <laughs> just walking around <laughs> in a circle. Uh, all right. Do so you relate things in your practice to our evolution as humans? Oh, that's that's interesting. That's um, a light question. Go for it. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> that's, that's, that's really good. Um, 
One thing, I don't allow my imagination to get away from my workout program. So I, I really focus on the anatomy and how to create positive rhythm for my, our joints. So there's, there's proper ways with resistance on how to create those perfect rhythms for your knee, for your ankle, for your shoulder. And um, I'm, I'm, my approach is to always implement the perfect anatomical position for the human body. That's where the muscles, the length and tension relationships of your muscles are at best. And it's the standing position in neutral positions. That's kind of the foundation of the exercises I implement is to promote good posture and alignment and neutrality. That's so interesting because I feel like most workout programs or videos, I'm always like in a crazy like pretzel or something like, yeah, and it, that's, it that's doesn't the, always feel great. That's the, yeah, that's, yeah, it's called strain training and those are people's imagination <laughs> getting away from true anatomy and um, it's everywhere. It's in every gym. You see, it's kind of the monkey see, monkey do concept. People see it and then they go do it. My gym has an awesome smoothie bar. <laughs> and when my wife told me I should spend more time at the gym, I just ended up having more smoothies <laughs> and watching Monkey See and Monkey Do. Right? <laughs> There's a guy so. at the bar. I'm going to go do what he's doing. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> that I'm doing bicep too. curls. I'm lifting my drink. <laughs> That's a whole other concept. I don't know if that smoothie is actually good for you no, from my standpoint. No, it doesn't yeah. seem to be doing anything good for me. We're just warming up. Tune in to part two of this three-part series with Daniela Rua and Patrick Murphy. Doctor, doctor, give me the news. I got a whole lot of questions for you. 